to episode 76 of the Win 6 podcast, official podcast of BehindTheBookPass.com. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and joining me for this, uh, just before our regularly scheduled podcast slot, emergency podcast, is Jordan Tresky. Hello, Jordan. Hello. For any of you who had Monday, September 19th in the extension sweepstakes, congratulations, you're a lucky winner. Yanis Antetokounmpo's new deal, his extension with the books, is official. Four years, $20 million per year. Let's break this one down. 25, sorry, 20 would be really nice. $25 million a year. Let's break this down really simply to begin with. What are your first impressions? What is Jordan Dresky's reaction to Yanis Antetokounmpo's extension? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I thought that was a uh, simple one, so. It's a good comma simple question or yeah (laughs) uh i was not shocked i guess i think we've heard bubblings of something to come and it just made sense considering Giannis and his Giannis-ness i guess uh so i was not shocked that it was coming and just kind of if you see the where the bucks have made uh, recent extensions. This is around the time that they extended John Henson. Uh, obviously, the summer has been full of extensions. Let's add another one. And half kidding, ladies and gentlemen. That's a Michael Carter Williams reference. Yes, it is. Um, so, yes, uh, I'm not shocked. I think everybody felt like it was coming. Uh, but was a little surprised by the number. I felt like everybody, or I was of everybody's thinking that he, it felt like Giannis would be uh, given the designated player, designated player, if I can say that correctly, that's a tongue twister, uh, designated player uh, extension, meaning he would be given like five years, $138 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they can only give out or hand out one of those to players on the roster. So, figuring that out would have been tough, but considering Giannis 
Uh, he's, you know, developed into a fully, not a fully formed player, but just a special talent and all this, you know, cornerstone, all throughout any superlative. Um, it just made, it just felt like they, that's where it was heading towards. So seeing the numbers, kind of, that was definitely surprising. But other than that, the whole move itself was all that surprising. Yeah, we, we all knew this was happening. I, I always found it bizarre. Um, it's mostly, it, it was never really from books people, but from a national perspective, you see these lists of free agents for next summer, or you'd see an article about Yanis where it would mention, well, the books could hold out for more flexibility next summer. To, why was always my response. There's no need for that. They don't need the flexibility. They're not going to have a ton of that anyway because Jabari's up for extension next summer. So for me, it was always a case of they're going to tie their best player down. That's what Yanis is, or that's what he will be if he isn't quite that already. So the deal was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. The number was surprising. Um, <laughs> when you consider CJ McCollum got his extension pretty much as early as can be. I think he was one of one of the very first extensions. The summer it was like during the flurry of July twenty fifth uh, was his extension. That's still, I mean, free agency somewhat. stuff is still going on. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't come to a, a complete halt by that time. Yeah, he also didn't take the max. I'm guessing he probably wasn't offered it. It wasn't a question of him taking it. Blazers have a lot of other things going on salary wise. But yeah. his deal came in at four years, one hundred and six million, and as something of the benchmark, that puts Giannis six million less. Makes it sound like a bit of a steal, and there's no doubting that for the ability Giannis has, twenty-five million a year in the current cap, locked down for what should be his prime. It makes perfect sense. Or just him. starting. I mean... Uh, it's, he's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, because he's, he's so young. But yeah. it's, statistically in the NBA, guys hit their prime at about 25. So, I mean, this, this contract is the one that's going to seem true. It's the really special players who, when they're 29, 30, 31, they're still at the very peak of their powers. Yeah. By the time we get to the end of this contract, we'll know if Giannis is one of those type of guys or not. I I don't know. Let's let's get into the the mechanics of this a little bit more because it's very important. This this was never just a case of great. Giannis has signed his extension. He's staying. He wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Even if this extension, if they hadn't come to terms, it was about as big a mess as it could have been. Next summer comes around, someone offers him a max offer sheet, which would have been 106 million that McCollum got, I'm pretty sure. And the books would have matched it. Regardless, Yanis was going to be there for another four years. Four more years as hashtag four more years yeah four more years of Giannis as a deer is that, is that 
were you trying to bring some rhyming into that? Was that what? Well, naturally. Okay. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> For the deer. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> Four more deers. Before Jordan makes any more jokes, I'll get back into my point. Basically, this was always going to happen in terms of he was going to be there for that length of time. I won't say the length again, so as not to tempt Jordan. But there were options. As Jordan mentioned, the designated player. Uh, I don't know if everyone expected it, but as the only way they could give him five years... Yeah. That seemed to make a lot of sense, particularly when you're a franchise like the books, who you wait so long for a guy like Yanis that when you get him, you want to do everything you can to hold on to him. I think possibly the best example of that was Anthony Davis, the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. There's no way the Pelicans were going to say, here's a four-year max. Or, I, mean, I mean, even if Anthony Davis said to them, I want to leave some money on the table so we can do other things, and God knows the Pelicans need that. You sort of feel like they would have said, you know what, let us worry about that. You're our max player, you're a designated player. Here's your five-year max. This gives a very definite end date for Giannis. Of course, there doesn't have to be an end date, but we now know that he is going to hit the open market at the 20, 2021, end of the 2021 season? 21. Yes. Yeah. With a timeline where other teams in the league have a chance to get their hands on Yanis, have a chance to poach him, no matter what, I mean, the whole, no matter what Yanis' personality is and the whole narrative of, well, Yanis isn't like that, and look, he's already left money on the table. This is a timeline. We've talked about timelines in the past, but this is not only a timeline where he hits the open market, but it's also now a timeline for the team because if he grows as they want to, they have to have the team develop around him, be a real contender at that point. Because if you're running a 500 team when that contract comes up, Giannis might just want to go and win. What's your feeling on that? What's... What's your feeling on him taking that discount and the book sort of letting him take the discount? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of nonplussed. Is that the right word? I don't know. Uh, I, I, Contracts don't last forever, and there's going to be a point where someone reaches, or Giannis would reach for agency again. Uh, obviously, if it was a five-year deal, there'd be an extra year, and we would mark down 20 at the end of 21-22 season. That's when this timeline could end, or our constant worrying and all this stuff could you know, start to... Uh, happen maybe have a Kevin Durant type moment. I don't know. Just, yeah, it, I just it's it's the own the future, right? Yes. The future now. The future is not the future. It's not this vague fantasy land, or it's the future. Exactly. The future ends in twenty twenty one. 
<laughs> that is, that could be true, but could be a lie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, so from that point, I, I mean, that's something we always. It's not just Giannis. You're gonna have to live that with that with someone, a, a smaller player or a bigger player. I, mean, I don't know. It's just natural. With I'm not saying anything new to this. That is a natural no, but part that's, of the NBA. Of course, it's a natural part of the NBA. But there is a difference in there's a difference in John Henson hitting that date, in Matthew Delvadova hitting the end of their contract. That's what you but, think, but I, to no, me, it, it's 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 fact. <laughs> it's fact. Even to you, you can't you can't joke your way out of this one. So, <laughs> there's a difference in that. In if those guys go. Well, whatever it might be expensive, but they are replaceable. Is Giannis replaceable at that point? And particularly now that he's locked in, I mean, already this is a team that's being built around his strengths. Yes. So, when the team is built around his strengths, you've got to nearly get to the point. Even look, this is stuff that no one likes to talk about, but we've seen Kevin Durant just walk away from the Thunder. Which I don't think it, it definitely wasn't expected. We can be revisionist about it now, but it wasn't expected. If it was, he was going home. He wasn't just bolting to the Warriors. There's nothing to say there won't be an equivalent to the Warriors there for Yanis at that time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm fully, I'm of the belief that. Sometimes most players, when you reach a point where even if it's, you know, say it's someone like Kevin Durant, who's had plenty of success so far and reached, uh, you know, playing the finals, six or not six conference finals, four conference finals, uh, you know, obviously one of the best players in the league. At some point, a lot of people just want to make a change. And I'm aware that could happen with anybody especially if we're thinking about Giannis eventually. So I'm always, I don't know, I'm always, considering the Bucks, my history of the Bucks, sometimes it doesn't even reach that point. It reaches to a shocking Ray turn Allen of events. Ray is basically what you're saying. Ray Allen, or even, I mean, I'm not saying he's nowhere near on this level, but I would, certainly was resigned to the that, Brandon Knight was going to sign a big extension with the Bucks, and I did not see him being traded so suddenly. So I'm just saying there is a a, a history of the Bucks making uh, zigging when other when you think that they're going to zag. I don't know. So uh, for, like for me, the the thing is, I just have this. I know I have in my mind what seems like a realistic time frame for the books to get themselves to that position. Let's start to whatever everyone's individual expectations are for this year, and then where they can build gradually from that. I, I really, my gut instinct right now is that that extra year on the contract could have made all the difference. Obviously, we don't know, and he can resign, that's fine. But it does set up a juncture where if they have got right to the cusp of it, 
it could all be pulled away because you're right there and the guy the team's built around goes. And that's where I guess I'm going with the Durant comparison because you could still be, you could still have your Russell Westbrook, which could be Jabari at that time. Who knows? Maybe Middleton has signed another deal with the books. He's still there. But it won't be the same team that you had before. It's That's, to me... I understand the sort of the instinct for people to be overjoyed with Giannis has signed a new deal. I just didn't get any of that because I was like, of course he signed a new deal. This is what was going to happen. And with it, it, it only brings up more ominous questions or thoughts, maybe. Well, yeah, perhaps, because perhaps way... that's just because it, this is the books we're talking about. And you think of how the books work as a concept, We've as a philosophy before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the bigger thing I think you and I relate to that, that both of I both have the same, or you and I have that same feeling where it's like, yes, it's, it's, it was a given and everybody, obviously everybody's entitled to feel happy about this, but it was also a given. And the weight of this just gets a little more bigger from where, it eventually goes, we don't know, but it's just going to be like, oh, that's another year that has passed. And we're, it's just another date to, that we're eventually just going to inch to that just amplifies more pressure on the Bucks to eventually get to a becoming a competitive team. Uh, maybe much more, but uh, as we said Now it needs to be much more. We're now, we're now, this is, this is where we're now at the point. Yeah, it, it yeah. Does, I'm not saying it needs to be now, but I'm saying if we're looking at what this team does, it needs to be much more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis could be the guy who just loves playing for the books. He loves just everything that surrounds the city. He's talked about, he, he likes that it's, it's a little bit more quiet. It's not all bright lights. He can sort of live his life. We should fix those street lights. <laughs> You could just get LEDs. Damn, but do you want Yanis to, to go somewhere else? To... Isn't all bright lights, Jordan? I'm just saying the streetlight power, you could the wattage of the lights, they could be a little brighter. <laughs> Sorry, I just derailed you. <laughs> completely, I'm, I'm gone now. <laughs> oh. Uh, yes, I agree. I think eventually, or initially, you said that uh, it they don't need to give much more, or much more than that, because obviously they do, and that's what they're. You know, we as we said before, this ownership and uh, coaching staff, general manager, everybody now that's a part of or part of the association of the Bucks. Uh, wants to become a contending championship team or whatever they, however they put it in the past. And now with Giannis, without Chris Milton extended or resigned, uh, Giannis extended, and eventually we're going to probably see, I, I'm not probably saying we're going to see Jabari extended if things keep going the right way. He's, he's the only way he's not extended is if there's a trade and a trade would take I mean there'd have to be something pretty big going on for that to be on the table right now exactly 
Yes. So again, it's just, it just turns up the the pressure cooker just a little bit more for them to keep going on this path that they want to be that they want to go down. So that's where it kind of gets a little like <laughs> you start to feel like that pins and needles type feeling that many fans have are used to feeling about teams. He's talking about books fans, people, just specifically books fans, basically. Yes. Um, I, I think it's interesting. It's important that you mention you mentioned Chris Middleton, Jabari Parker, and Giannis, because normally in this situation, guy signs a new deal, and it, it sort of all piles onto them, or the scrutiny's it's sort of sharper. Everyone's everyone sort of zeroes in on their individual contributions. Yes. I feel like this is a very different situation, as in I don't think that's the case. Everyone knows what Yanis is. We don't know what he can go on to become, but we know what he is, and I think we figured out sort of just his general his general role in the bigger picture. And I think everyone had come to terms with this kind of deal for him or the status for him a long time ago. So it doesn't change the idea of this being, a, I guess, a quote-unquote big tree team and it's still being on all of those guys to do something. Do you, do you see it that way? Do you, Or do you feel now the owner shifts more towards Giannis? This is more, well, it has to be Giannis' team or he has to take control of things. Um... I I don't think the contract changes anything, and maybe some people believe it does. Uh, maybe some people believe just not even just the contract, just his you know level of play means this season or next season, just this foreseeable future. Uh, he has to take control of the team. Obviously, he will have the ball in his hands more. So he'll literally have the control of the team, but just in a kind of like, I guess, leadership or that kind of like, I don't know how to. A more intangible sort of control yes. of the team way. Yeah. Um, I have long kind of felt like that's, I, I never really kind of stuck to that personally because I think the vision of what, uh, the ownership and just what they have in mind for the team itself. I don't think it depends on one player. It depends on a core of players. And obviously you can have different uh, levels or uh, distinctions to that. Maybe Giannis is the X factor. I don't know. Whatever you want to throw out there. Um, I, the best, the best example, because I, I think, I've thought about this in the past. It's never really explored it that much. I don't think we've talked about it in the podcast. I'm not sure I've written about it. But it did feel like the books were... I don't want to say built because that's maybe giving too much credit to the process. Like, we can't... Individual picks and some trades and things were good, but we can't underestimate the aspect that Luck played in Yanis being there at 14 and being able to take him 15, was it? I can't remember now. Um, 15, right? Yeah, yeah. So, 
by design, when you bring a guy, when a guy who was a second round pick who comes in as a spare part in a trade, when he develops into a core piece, and you have a guy who's the 15th overall pick, if anyone was going to be a star, it was Jabari, but it nearly sort of felt like this, I don't know, this starless team where everyone's on equal footing. Now, in the NBA, such a thing doesn't exist, and the time since maybe Giannis has gone a level beyond that. But probably the best example of this over the years has been the Spurs. Where, no matter how good they were, I mean, Tim Duncan has never been a, a superstar. Likewise with Tony Parker, likewise with Manu Ginobili. I feel like the books will be similar as in, there's a, there is a clear internal pecking order. But still they get viewed as a whole more than anything else. That's how I view it personally. Um, I think other, I think a lot of people would actually disagree with that, but I could be wrong. But isn't that because... part of it as well, though, with that with that group to be like that? With the exception of Middleton, the other two have very pronounced flaws. Yes. So we can't just view it as, oh well, Giannis and Jabari and Middleton, because the team actually needs other guys as well. Maybe that's what ties this into being more of a sort of complete or well-rounded team rather than individuals because the standout individuals on the team need the help from some other guys. Yeah, I I don't think, I mean, personally, again, I don't think we're in a, this is not just the Bucks from a Bucks perspective, but I think it's just the general NBA. I think... Even the best teams right now, they're clearly – I mean, a team like the Warriors, the Cavs, they clearly had to find superstars. But there are players that fill the cracks in between that they might have very pronounced flaws. They might not be the greatest shooters or, you know, all this stuff, but they find a, a role to operate around that I know it is kind of – and we talked about this specifically with Henson, there's a guy like him where – you know, hearing Ham and talk about him as a valued member of their core, that does sound silly, but just generally how teams are built these days, that it doesn't sound that silly. I mean, a guy like Danny Green for a team like the Spurs, where he's so valuable, and we saw last year when he wasn't at the top of his game, he doesn't, you could call him like a, a system player, kind of like that. I don't know. I feel like that's more of a criticism to a player more than anything. Uh, but you see, like, a guy like Danny Green, who is a very valuable member to that Spurs team, especially when they won, uh, you know, championship a few years ago. And he really has his – what is he really, – uh, he's obviously a good defender. He's a great shooter. But other than that, he's not particularly good with the ball. Obviously, like, that's one example of many examples – or many players he could – throw out there but but that's perfect with the spurs and that's i think that's where you look at the books and what you're trying to do and obviously they're nowhere near that level and they have a long way to get there if they ever can reality is they probably can't i mean that's a pretty special group of guys but if you look at the spurs it's not just any green a lot of the same stuff could apply to patty mills tiago <laughs> splitter when he was there like they're all of their core supporting guys they were just as important nearly to what the team was doing as their bigger names or their their better paid players. 
but they all had their weakness and you put it together the idea was it worked or they just meshed and i'm guessing that's the same sort of strategy you put into place when you're running a team where it's mertz and Matthew Elvadova and guys like that who have very clear and well-defined weaknesses of their own but importantly they happen to be very different to some of the other guys who are there to help out yes that was definitive yes <laughs> to move on from this a little bit another specific getting back to getting back to i guess the details of the discount Brian Windhorst of ESPN tweeted earlier in contract talks Antetokounmpo expressed a willingness to take less than max to help books retain talent talk about 6 million less than the max 6 million I, I not to interrupt but I believe that is not per year that's overall over. overall yes. okay. that's like that's that's the difference between McCollum's contract and his basically exactly I've a, I've a lot of thoughts about this, about guys leaving money on the table in general, particularly at an earlier stage of their career. Uh, I mean, we're not talking like David West going to the Spurs or Zaza going to the Warriors here. Um, first of all, just to focus in on the details, Windhorse says to retain talent. Often in these sort of situations, you hear about to retain or to maintain flexibility it's more than anything else but this wording of retain talent i'll give credit to ty ty windish for pointing this word out for me because i just sort of glossed over it he said retain it's so clear what they're doing from that he's leaving money aside for jabari and my crew was um when ty said jabari and it suddenly clicked at me. I, I said, no, it's not for Jabari. This is for Chris Williams. <laughs> Sorry. This is probably a good time to point out that Jordan was nearly going to miss this week's podcast because, yeah. he, because he, he's been unwell. And then he was telling me about his medication earlier. So if you're wondering why... Some would so, argue that I've been unwell for a while, but... At a new level today. (laughs) (laughs) The word retained to me screams out Chris Middleton. Because Giannis doesn't need to take a discount for Jabari. Because Jabari, the money is there for Jabari anyway next summer. He said the money is there if they wanted to give him the designated player, Max. It'll Mm -hmm. be there, whatever. They'd have to figure some details out. But that's all workable. Where it will really get tricky for the books will be 2019-20 when Middleton supposedly has a player option. Um, That wasn't reported for a long time, but recently, anywhere you look, it's down as a player option for Middleton. So if Middleton opts out at that time, once again, very similar to with Yanis, where I talk about if they're on the cusp of something and one guy goes, that can be the end of it he's going to be the, the guy he's the next guy that really have to worry about paying in a big way yes if everyone is around true to that time we're looking at three years from now where 
that's the next big moment where they have to pay someone to keep it together or they have to find a replacement they have to do something six million in that sense is not a lot to leave on the table particularly when it's over the four years it doesn't really do a whole lot but at the same time i feel like that is the to, re, to retain their talent that has to be what it is and at the same time i am absolutely blown away if this is yana's thought process if he's sitting down and going well in 2019-20 chris comes off the books if he opts out with his player option so i need to leave some money on the table to make it easier to keep us off he's got one of those uh uh what are they called like the small like those desktop like uh not a calculator but it's like a i can't think of a word what is that so they do it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I'm gonna when he starts things like that tonight. I'm just gonna let them run because we might miss out on something entertaining. Otherwise, yeah. that's not something I always say with Jordan, but on this occasion, <laughs> he's typing. I need to find what it is. It's what? What? I just want to say he was, uh, you know typing on this thing I can't name and wearing one of those like uh, old school hats with like a a, a, a card and like in between the hat like band a, a visor with a card on it basically is it not a visor but like a, a true hat oh, okay okay like a uh, old school like a dress up hat not a <laughs> this is a terrible painting pay uh, picture I'm painting wow like a trilby basically is it is that what it's called? We don't need you to Google Trilby, so we'll just move along now. Trilby? <laughs> that is exactly what I'm talking about. Why is Paul Dano in this picture? He's obviously wearing a Trilby. Apologies for how this podcast is going, everyone. Um, where, where do you come in on this taking less? This idea of Giannis taking less to help retain talent. I mean, it's don't get me wrong, it's good news. If he's not signing a five-year designated player max, well then, by all means, we want him to take a discount on his on his four-year deal. But how do you feel about this in a sort of bigger picture? I've some I've some feelings on it that I'll get to in a minute. I just want to see if you share any of them. Just off your feeling. good instinct. Um, again, I, I guess it's more of kind of like, oh, uh, I'm not really like, oh, what a nice person he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> or just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like doing that, it helps the Bucks in the short term and or short term and long term and all that stuff. But the, there, that's, I mean, that's their intention right now to, you know, actually do it is another thing to actually, when it gets time to be, or Chris Middleton's uh, contract is up or he declines his player option, it's up to them to, you know, retain him or re-sign him. And even that same year, I believe that'll be when maybe it's Taladovic and Talavadova. Well, wouldn't that be uh, when uh, 
or Delhi. Thon, Thon would be eligible for extension. And Brockton actually, I think, would be a free agent that year too, because he's a second round pick. So he would have a similar free agency to uh, unless unless something changed dramatically. Vaughn would be a free agent that summer because they won't have extended him the summer before. Yes. We shall never say that again. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, I think that is. That's Delhi as well. There's uh, a lot of there's a lot of players coming out. And Jason, Jason Kidd. Telavich is the year before because it was a three year deal. Whether it be or no, then oh, okay, they... so that would be after. Say if Middleton declines that option, that would be when Vaughn, Toledovich, and no, that would... yeah, that'd be yeah, that would be up. And Middleton, obviously. And kid, is that 2018, 19, or I thought it was 2019, 20. It's in in that region. Yeah. So all, all these these years are confusing me now. All these numbers. You touched on something there, which is part of what I want to get into on that though. And that's he's now left that money on the table. So when it comes to keeping Middleton, they don't keep Middleton. They can't keep Middleton. They don't have enough. Middleton walks, he goes elsewhere. They bring in some cut price replacements. The team falls back. Not dramatically, but they fall back a little bit. They were close, and now they fall back a little bit. And Giannis is now saying, well, I left money on the table, and they couldn't, they couldn't keep the team together. Like I, I feel in its own way... It's great. It's great if the team is right on the verge of contention. Right now, leaving money on the table, that's great. Because that can be enough to get in whatever kind of role player, like your I saw your Mike Miller, Channing Fry type of guy. <laughs> your Zaza now in Golden State, your ring chasers. That's great. Leaving that little bit at that time, perfect. But when it's further out, it creates its own pressures because now the books they're going to have to hit the right notes. And Giannis might be the type of guy that he make a fuss about it, but if they can't take advantage of that or do something where he feels like he left $6 million on the table for good reason, that's got to sort of fester in his mind when it comes to the time where he hits unrestricted free agency. Uh, obviously, this move is about Giannis's commitment to the team. But as we are, have talked about before, whether it's on the court or off the court, this move is interrelated, interrelated, related to what they are trying to build, both on the court and off the court, financially or you know, salary cap wise and all that stuff. So, say if one, when it comes to Milton's free agency, say if things don't go the right way, that I feel like that will certainly have an impact on where. Uh, Giannis's thoughts or how his next free agency goes. Um, if say if Milton goes the right way, or the way that we all expected or would like to be, uh, I feel like that would have a better chance. I mean, just keeping t- 
everything together as is and obviously you have to see the right development all the stuff you want to keep everything you know developed from within i guess is the right way to say it um that's it's not just about Giannis's own move itself it's keeping continuity intact as that has been something that the bucks have not had a lot lately or recently for the most part so i feel like again Giannis's move itself committing to the franchise for an additional four years after this year that's the you know like the ceremonial part about it but it's still everything is interrelated everything you know it's all part of a bigger puzzle a tetris puzzle at this point i i feel that the leaving the money on the table is just it's like a very idealistic gesture there's no real he shouldn't be doing it like that's you can't if he wants to do it that's fine as i said right now it's good for the books but i just don't know if on the whole anything good ever comes out of guys leaving money on the table i mean probably best example or the one that comes to mind at the moment is dwayne wade in miami for years he left money on the table so other guys could be there and eventually it comes to a point where he wants his money i feel an important differentiation even in that was wade was doing that because the team was ready to contend right now where the books are going to be juggling building a contender not just slotting in like mid-level exception of vet min pieces here and there they're looking to build and to keep a contending team together while already having that there like if Giannis is the best player in the league he's top five top 10 player in the league by the time this contract finishes he's going to be getting a max he's going to be getting a much higher max at that new level and he's not going to go again you know i'll take another discount i mean guys can be as altruistic as they want but generally they'll take the money and then they'll go and they'll set up their own foundation or they'll do different things with it. it's not just well here it is and keep doing that and keep doing it it just it doesn't normally work out like that and i feel it's one of the best things about Giannis is his sort of it's like his pure view of things and the way he see thing, sees things there's nearly a sort of a naivety or a vulnerability in how he views the NBA and he's still at this point where he's only three years into his career he's had a taste of the absolute rock bottom in his rookie season got a taste for zero expectations with that then he's gone he's tasted the playoffs he's had higher expectations and then a disappointing season for the team even though he played well in all of this though the overriding team for the books has been building they were building towards something and five years from now as in next year and then the four years extended he's not going to be happy for something to still be built no matter what way he is no one is that patient and particularly when he's not just here for the money which we now know so it's not like you can say 
well, if they're not quite there, I mean, he'll just he'll take the max contract and be loyal. Giannis wants to win. That's why he's leaving money on the table. For me, and once again, this is, we are two particularly cynical people, so everyone is free to disagree with us and really hate this particular episode of the podcast. In fact, we expect it. But it brings those sort of thoughts to my mind of just where it goes from here. It's as, as we alluded to earlier, this is one sort of really significant checkpoint. And it's now that we've reached it, everything has pushed forward and gone further down the line dramatically. And now all these things that weren't concerns before you start to think about because we've got a clearer picture of it. Yeah, um, I mean... The, the, I think the next set of questions, just to show up on my part, the next set, set of questions is they're much more challenging than we had at this round. Yes. Yes. And I kind of wrote about this and I will write about this with Giannis's particular or specific story. But when I wrote about this, when we were talking about, or when I wrote about like being a Bucks fan and stuff like that, I made sure to include like the last part about it, where you know, see a lot of discussion about Giannis as a superstar, the ceiling of this team, or aspirations to become championship contenders, and that sounds that's all really good for a team right now that is you know keeps building. All we have. Specifically with Giannis, and I've said this before, so sorry if I'm beating a dead horse here, but all we have ever known of Giannis is improving as a player. And when that stops, and hopefully it's at a high point where he's, you know, possibly a superstar, elite player, all this stuff, good, happy, good feeling type things. Um, with the, not just Giannis's, personal trajectory, but just the core of the team, all that stuff, where, when that stops, if it's anything short of becoming, you know, dueling with top teams of the East, going deep in the playoff runs, I'm not saying final stuff because it just sounds so crazy to me, but I'm just saying everything you take step by step, but now with that, it's gonna be. It start. It's gonna slowly start becoming. Well, if you don't get that step at this, you know, such and such a date, then it, things. It, that's when cracks can start to show if that doesn't happen. Obviously, we all hope that to happen. But as we've I've said many times in the books, sometimes their best play, laid plans at the time don't end up being exactly what they are. So. Not to sound all doom and gloom. It's just, again, the stakes get higher when you start committing yourself to players and have dreams of being a bigger team than you are right now. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's step-by-step is, it's always the way, but maybe fittingly, because we're talking about Giannis, it's like the strides now have got a bit more elongated. It's rather than it being week to week, month to month, you're now waiting for the next big step. We're maybe not quite there yet, but say if they 
they don't have to do anything groundbreaking this year, but if if they got back to the playoffs, the Bucks are back in the playoffs, and they're now in the playoffs with a team that's built around Giannis, Jabari, Middleton, rather than being propped up by veterans like Dudley, Ilyasova, Pachulia. Sounds harsh. It's sort of pretty to the point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I really, I, I don't need to explain my feelings of those three players, um, <laughs> at least two of them. Um, but it's just something different. If they get there, they they make the playoffs. The next step then is the big jump. And the next step is whether that's the year after, two years later, three years later. And then all of a sudden, the clock is counting down. And will they turn into hieroglyphics or will they reset it back to 108 minutes? I don't know. I, I think the best, the best example of this from a book's perspective, it's not that it's the same situation, but if you had have taken say the, the 2001 team, conference finals. A year out from that team when it was starting to build momentum and that ascent was really sort of rapid. But when that was starting to build momentum, if you'd said, well, there'll be a conference just to miss out on getting to the finals. Conference finals team who will just miss out on getting to the finals next year. And then that's basically it. That's it. It's done for. Um, the books will get in their own way from there. Todd McCullough. I feel like that is... At a time like this, that's something just to remember. It's not to just be overly pessimistic about it, but it's... You're dealing with sort of long periods of time where a lot of things can change and where with every change the pressures or the challenges in being this ultimate successful team become even greater. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a very different stage to what we've been in. And I'll say own the future again, which God knows how many times we say that on a podcast, how many times that's in our articles. At the end of the day, that is really what a lot of this was born out of. And that was a marketing slogan because that's how expectations get built up. That's when the team is literally at its lowest point ever. And you have to find something to sell tickets. And you're like, well, okay, the, the, on the past, no, the past hasn't been great for a while. Definitely can't own the present. Oh, the future. We've got this Greek guy. We're going to have a great pick next year. And it sort of builds from there. And that's something that seeps into the subconscious of books fans. It's something that then, if you're a general manager, you're a coach, you want to keep your job. So you're going to say, look at the great young players we've got. I feel like we're building something really special here. And you start to win and you eventually get a big free agent. You know, sometimes teams don't do that, but, that all adds into it. Certainly, yes, it certainly uh, has an effect on how we view the team. And some good, some bad, obviously, but it does. 
it, do you feel this is our antidote to the Greg Monroe excitement from last year? As in, you and I specifically, is this our... Or I suppose it's it's completely different because at least Monroe was something. I mean, that was a big, unexpected, different thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with Monroe related because I just... I, I'm, I'm just I using it. that as a... I know it's loaded to mention Monroe and... Yeah. In the context of the team, the significance just, of the move, not exactly him just as a sort of a recent touching point where we can say that was a big. Uh, I probably would have felt like this regardless, honestly, because it's just it's it's such a given, uh, and it's so not to say it's easy to control players at a stage like Giannis's, but. It's more. There are more incentives for teams to keep your players, especially if they can, you know, develop the right way and all that stuff. I just think, from the significance of seeing a guy like Monroe, who, despite all of our criticism, is he still is means something to the fact that the Bucks were able to swing or to get him uh, from a free agency perspective. So I feel like that always. I still kind of like. I don't know. I still feel somewhat happy from that perspective. Maybe <laughs> I would have felt more happy if it was someone else. Uh, I compliment him and I just instantly just dig him, <laughs> dig him right away. So I, again, going back to I don't I don't know. I just I think it's more. Of, I I look forward to what this means in a grander scheme than just it's just more of like a rite of passage, I guess. Or a checkpoint, like, as you said earlier. Yeah, it's basically for me to sum it up. This is nothing in the now. It was always going to happen. It's just what it becomes in the future. That's really now what we're talking about. And that's what we're going to watch unfold over the next few years. And every decision becomes so much more important. Now they can't afford the the Grievous Vasquez trade kind of thing, or if Rashad Vaughn never improves, they can't afford to be drafting guys who that's what their production is. They've got to make every little thing count from this point on. It's a big moment. Moving on to the mailbag. The first one from at Alex underscore Koenig 023. More impressive, Yanis contract or Jabari's beer pong skills? Uh, I have not seen the latter, uh, so I will say neither. <laughs> Jordan is not impressed by either. That that was a pretty special Jordan Tresky answer right there. Yeah. Um, to quote Shania Twain, that don't impress on me much. I'm I'm now I'm I haven't seen it yet, but I was trying to pull it up now. But I don't know if you saw that TMZ um the earlier they they tweeted footage of Yanis shopping at Costco where he bought a giant teddy bear. Hmm. 
I mean, this is this is a big teddy bear. This is like that might be more impressive. This is bigger than a small person. Wow. So is it a you you could probably like Tyler Ennis could probably is it bigger than Earl Boykins? Yes. Wow. That's insane. I wonder how much that cost. So the Jabari Beerpong was also from TMZ. I got my live reaction to it now. First thought, there's someone wearing a Hawks jersey at this party, so that's that's cool. Throwback. Looks like a Neek jersey. This is underwhelming. Jabari just basically has one shot and then walks out the door. Sounds right. Small sample size. That's my reaction. So Jabari Parker's beer pong skills. Uh, very small sample size. I don't know. Can we take that he has improved on his shot by joking <laughs> I know. small sample size is my reaction to that where Yana's contract I mean we know a little bit more about it so yeah I guess I'm giving that to Yanis Yanis Teddy Bear that was a real winner um, the unsung winner now he's got a four year contract this is once again Alex underscore Koenig 023 can we start the hashtag Antetokounmpo 2016 for president who cares he isn't a US born citizen semantics? Uh, it's a little late. I don't know. I don't know, is it? I, I think if he was to find a loophole to declare he was in the race tomorrow, I'm I'm pretty sure someone could do that and possibly come in and steal this presidential race. Yeah. I think you would have much more any other race campaign is something that you would have to do but in this one maybe the less campaigning you do the better Mm -hmm. i don't know you don't have to answer that question seriously the hashtag is hashtag four more years if we're yeah if we're presidential related yanis tweets hashtag uh Next one from at Georgie the Greek. Expectations will be higher if Giannis has no jump in performance. Does fan perception on him start to decline? Probably. Really? Um, no jump? Or does he actually have to? There has to be. Back? It's not as a. I want to say an overall jump. I feel like for pl- for people that truly believe he will be a superstar um there has to be some improvements in some areas but again i don't think it's yes and no because obviously where he is right now is very good he's a great player right now and people are always going to you know uh view him highly even if he were to not plateau but just kind of this is his rounding out i guess um but if he if people have a higher opinion of him as like an elite player or something like that there yes there have to be areas where he gets a little bit better obviously he could shoot he probably comes by right away but even 
other areas. Um, so yes, I think I think again I'm a Bucks fan, so I just I I'm used to uh, players that were billed as this is it. He's this is the next big thing, and they don't necessarily they not necessarily they don't come close to reaching that. That's I mean, don't worry. Giannis is not Brandon Jennings, Jordan. No. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, again, I, <laughs> I have to preface this. He's a great player right now, but I'm just saying if you want to, if people have a higher opinion of him, if he doesn't reach that, I feel like people will be disappointed. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a timeline where Giannis doesn't improve from where he is now, and it doesn't matter because maybe I buy into the team concept too much, but if Yana's game is at its sort of peak level right now and he can maintain that for a few years and Jabari takes massive strides or Middleton takes massive strides, that's enough because yes. with those guys getting better, whether he's better or not, Yana's numbers would take a jump. So... Maybe I just buy into this whole idea of those three guys and the supporting cast around them too much, but I just I don't feel anyone's perception can be that tied to it because if Giannis takes no jump in performance and the team is winning, well then who cares? It's only if the team isn't winning that you have a problem. Yes and no. Again, I think a lot of it comes back to whether you think how the team is being built right now, whether you think it's uh, one guy has to have the defined or control of the team or lead the team or whether it's uh, leading by committee or something like that. I feel like we probably fall on the same – obviously, we fall on the same side of things, but some people may not. So, I don't know. I feel like that's – but if post All Star break production is real, if we if we can take that as a level he's already at, I mean, <laughs> he's a bona fide star. He's a, an All Star every year. If that is consistent production, I I don't know how much better you have to get beyond that. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, the I do hope, agree. The hope is, and still the expectation, because he's so young, that he is going to improve further. I, I don't think there has to be panic. or I, I always found it strange when the idea that he might sort of stagnate at some point soon, that, that this was ridiculous. How, how is that possible? He's this age. That's what happens. Some players, they'll take their massive jumps earlier in their career. And then they'll fizzle out. Other guys, they only really hit their stride as they get older. There's no exact science to this. It's not, he's 21, he's 22, he's 23. Everyone should be at that point, at that stage in their career. Mm -hmm. The next one. From at Andrew RVH. Judging by Yana's new contract, what will Jabari's extension look like? What will Jabari's extension look like? I I think that's it's too early to tell. Uh, he has 
there's the one big difference in all this, as we said before, uh, he has the option to become a uh, designated player. Um, that's on the table for him now. It's not going to happen. Though. It's not going to happen. Uh, that's not like, even uh, – sorry, just to clarify, but that's not even um, – I'm not even saying that relative to Jabari's abilities and even projecting what he might do this year or what his situation will be by the time next summer comes around. But if the books were going to do that, this would be the summer to do it because this was as cheap as they were going to get it because if the cap rises again, Jabari's designated player max is going to be more expensive. So all of a sudden, what you get left on the table for Yanis doesn't even cover just the decision to wait a year to designate a guy. And then the other key point in this, and it's been flagged up by a lot of people in terms of the books not giving him a five-year max, with sort of the threat of a lockout hanging over and the potential for changes to the CBA, this max contract or the percentage of the cap that a guy in Yanis range on a max contract is entitled to get. If that was to increase in the CBA, all of a sudden the deal is a lot more expensive. And there are a lot of suggestions and they're probably, I don't know, I'd feel like they're founded in something real that the books thought about that and were wary of that. And that's why they backed away from the five years as much as anything. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, that doesn't really change where it's it's just not gonna get cheaper for Jabari either way. So yes. it would be on the on a scale of books mistakes, it would rank very highly if after not giving Yanis the designated player max this year, they decided, you know what, we need to give Jabari the designated player max. Because even with Yanis being a year beforehand, if you wanted to do the five and four. They'd both expire at the same time. It all just makes sense where giving Yanis four and then following it up with Jabari getting five next year really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, you'd hope with a precedent being set with not just Yanis's exception, but Middleton's reciting the fact that he was a little under the max. You'd hope that I feel like that's, the Bucks way of saying, you know, factory and what they're going to do with Jabari and hoping he might take a, a similar deal to those two. So we shall see. Next one from a Metastic. Not Yanis related, but anyway. Should I buy Delhi ones or a Delhi jersey? Have you seen the peak Delhi ones? I have. And I, if I could, if I meant to be so bold, I believe they are peak <laughs> Delhi. And they are very nice shoes. I, I like the... They're, they're really nice, I have to say. I like the tongue. I like the bottom. I like the sides. I like the heel. They look like you could tie them. <laughs> you know, just comfortable shoe. The toe, the toe looks very, the toe looks great. And then you have the uh, Bucks colors too. They look nice. So hopefully we will see that at the court this coming season. 
I, I, we've got to get Jordan like a video channel, I feel, where he reviews shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the, deli, the problem with the deli ones, I believe, is that they aren't readily available outside of Asia and Australia. That's, that's what I read because I, I had the thought myself of, wow, I'd, I'd look good walking around rocking you some need deli new clappers? Get the deli ones. But I believe it's not an option for, for me here in Europe or for you guys over in the US. So I don't know, unless deli changes that. I mean, a breakout season would certainly change that. Yeah, maybe he's just letting a bubble overseas and then splash, and it hits our uh, respective uh, areas. Moving on. <laughs> Next one, Schmal Alex underscore Kane zero two three. How much will I cry if Yanis ever leaves? I have no idea. A lot. We don't know him really, so maybe he will, maybe he won't. Maybe he has a te- well, yeah, he could have a tear duct problem. Uh, we don't know, but I'm guessing if that were to happen, people would cry a lot. I bet <laughs> people would burn jerseys. Oh God! Can yeah. we make can we make that like can we make a pledge now? Can everyone listening to this now just if if Giannis leaves after those four years? If he leaves, uh, it doesn't matter where. If he leaves and he goes to the Bulls, uh, takes a discount to go to the Bulls because he wants to go to a contender and leaves Milwaukee, rotting behind them. Can we all just? What's agree? more egregious? <laughs> Can we all just agree? Is not Giannis leaving? The fact that you just said the Bulls are contenders. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm just giving the. I'm giving the worst case scenario. Can we all I, just agree we're not burning jerseys? No. Don't, don't, burn jerseys. don't be that idiot. No, Jordan, if ever there was a person who possibly <laughs> should burn, burn jerseys, <laughs> it's Jordan. Every, he's, he's got a Gary Payton Bucks jersey. Did he burn it? Forward. No. I mean, uh, yeah, but Gary Payton asked for his jersey to be burned, basically. Well, that's true. He did not like it here whatsoever. <laughs> Did he commute? I wonder, like, did he even did he even live? Did he like fly in for practice and games and fly out? Maybe like a hotel he had a hotel. I don't know. I don't know. That always that always that after being traded that part fascinates me. I I don't I guess guys just stay in a hotel, like generally, but I don't know if Gary Payton even wanted to spend that much time on the ground in Milwaukee. Especially not the haunted one. There's the haunted hotel in Milwaukee. That actually, I think a lot, the majority of away teams stay in. There's a lot of... Isn't that... Um, isn't it Memphis where there's... Or San Antonio? There's Oklahoma City has... Oh, sorry, it's Oklahoma City. It is. Yeah. Um, that famed haunted hotel that NBA teams stay in. It was actually Kendrick Perkins' house. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, it was a good joke. It was possibly your best joke in a podcast. Not Thank saying, you. Not saying much. Um, once oh. again, from Alex underscore Kane, 023. 
Who wins the championship next? Bucks, Packers, or Vikings? Now, if I could be controversial, and maybe this is a little out of my box or element, I have long stated that the Bucks are closer to a championship than the Green Bay Packers. So I know that sounds crazy, and I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. I'm just saying where they stand to that. If you have, like, those uh, old-school, like, timelines and you have, like, those horses where you, like, have to, like, put them, like, at each checkmark, I would put that horse a little further than uh, the old uh, Green Bay Packers. I don't, I don't even think that's, like... That shouldn't be controversial. I don't feel like No, that's... it is, because a lot of people, everybody expects them to win a Super Bowl every year. Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. The best, the best way to sum this up is the conversation we had like a week ago where I sent you a message. Actually, it was the, the opening Packers game of the season. It was against the Jags. <laughs> and I sent you a message, and I was like, do the Packers never... Did it never like change the roster at all? Why? No. Wh- why are all the players the same players that I knew like five years ago, playing playing Madden with the Packers? Everyone's like, "Yeah, it's all the same guys." <laughs> so as time goes on, you sort of end up at a disadvantage there because those guys get older. It's just, it's... and when they do make it, I I do have to say when they do make a change. Most of the time, it ends up being in their favor, but it's not like they replaced him or. It's easy to do that when you don't, when you're not, when like Greg Jennings is always still there and Aaron Rodgers is always still there. The changes aren't as important when it's like other guys. It's easier to do that, right? Yeah, but they've also done with like bigger, like Jennings, for example, when he left. People thought, oh, like, what could that mean? Are they gonna, who's gonna miss who more or whatever? Like, is it gonna have a, is this gonna affect the Packers more or whatever? But he really, he kind of, his career kind of flamed out after that. And again, these are like more, fewer cases, but again, it goes back to where, yes, you losing those guys don't hurt you as much, but just trying to replace him. Or getting someone of greater value, that rarely happens now, to my belief or to my opinion. But that's me as a jaded Packers fan. So, yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's like just I, I see guys. I don't follow the Packers. I'm I barely follow the NFL. But when I can just yeah. like any given time, I can turn on a Packers game and like. There's Aaron Rodgers. There's Randall Cobb. There's James Starks, or even Eddie Lacy's there a while now, isn't he? He's been there a couple of years now. Yeah. Like it's it's always those guys. So for me, Jordy Nelson's there forever as well. He's been there for a while. All, all the same guys. So yeah, they're just getting older as a natural thing. That's how time works. Uh, the Vikings were also thrown in there for some reason. I don't know. Is Alex Koenig from Minnesota? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he thinks they're a Super Bowl contender.
uh, I think it's books. I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be going out on too much of a limb on any of those three. If if you had to just on a franchise, obviously it's the Packers. The other two <laughs> to put a lot of stock into the books are the Vikings winning a championship would be that'd be a brave man. Let's just say that stock is Enron. <laughs> Financial <laughs> joke. Uh, don't know what it says that we both laughed at that. <laughs> so maybe you laughed, me laugh. <laughs> at David Dunn twenty one. So, Yanis can now get kid fired, huh? <laughs> I mean, prickly kid is now staring down the barrel of two near max guys. Does this make Jason a more or less effective coach moving forward? I may be misunderstanding this question. I I think the I think the main idea behind it is that first of all, Yanis now has a contract that's longer than kids. Oh, got him. He's also now he's on the most probably still maybe after Jabari next year if not that's your two near max guys they'll be similar so two guys who are slated to outlast kid unless he can earn a new contract making big sums of money he's got to do not just what's best for them but what also pleases them to a degree. The- so he is suggesting there's there's the, a, there's more power. There's be a paradigm shift happening. Yeah, it's not. Yanis is no longer this rookie contract guy, this fairy tale fifteenth overall pick story. He is now near max player. Yanis Antetokounmpo. And that makes what, what was how did he word again? Make him a less more or less effective coach moving forward. I, again, I think I have to. This might be coward's way out, but I think I'm just—it's too early to tell. Um, I think the easy answer right now is to say more, as in, if Yanis enjoys playing point forward, which we don't really know if he enjoys that more than anything else. I don't think he's ever spoken. I would assume he does, though. I'm going to guess. Most guys would prefer to have the ball. Um, But if he likes that more, well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be uh, a sense of, well, that's the way to do it regardless, but that's working well. I don't... I don't know if it factors in just because I think the team is trending in a direction where he has to get the best out of them anyway. So he's not going to be putting them in spots where they're not particularly comfortable. Yeah. If anything, the bigger the bigger shift in this could be for other guys in the roster. Yes. Um, where everyone else is now sort of, not just from a salary point of view, but on the floor is fitting in around these kind of guys it's yeah. it's very tough to give definitive more or less effective right now um 
I had a joke I was going to make there, but I mean, I've, I think I've been good to Jason Kidd all summer, so I'll, I'll continue that trend for at least another few weeks. I mean, <laughs> we're now just wait till media day. Well, I mean, you're saying media day, isn't it October third? Media isn't day? It... No, the first preseason game isn't that two weeks today? Could be, I think so. I'm I'm pretty sure it's sure. October third. Yes. I could be wrong. It's definitely it's very early. Um, so we're about two weeks away from seeing books play. Jason Kidd coach. So I'll stay nice for now. The last one from David on twenty one again. Also, does one hundred million give Giannis enough pull to make this happen? The this in question was a picture of Ray Allen in the famous green and purple book jerseys with Yana's head photoshopped onto it. It's it's a bit terrifying, I must say. Yana's eyes are a little sort of wooden in it. I don't know. I gotta stop looking at that Photoshop now. <laughs> Make me feel yeah. a little nerved. Does Yanis well, want those jerseys? Who knows? He's never worn them. The last time they had them was the year before he entered the league. I don't understand why the books don't get involved th- in Hardwood Classics more often. I think it's because there. I remember listening, or it was definitely from Zach Lowe. Uh, he put in like a tidbit that there's a certain amount of times if you want to bring back a jersey, say how they've had 90s like the last couple of years, um, if they want to bring back a jersey with like Harvard Classics or something like that, they have to wear There's a certain amount of times that you have to wear it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the Fear the Deer jerseys last year. They, they didn't just wear them on Fear the Deer night. They had to wear them other times. But I mean, well, I don't know, like this year... I'm I'm not sure if that Fear the Deer is still an alternate jersey for this year. I think it is. I I was not sure I remember something at the time where it wasn't, where it was only going to be last year, but I'm probably wrong on that. But say if it's next year, then when they decide to do away with that, why not have a Hardwood Classics bring, bring something new in that can be your alternate as well? If you have to wear it 10 times a season, that's not a lot across the span of an 82-game season. Yeah, I don't know. But, I, I, I mean, there's you get like you're definitely into double figures in terms of franchises that have Hardwood Classic jerseys, particularly this year. I saw a list recently enough, and there's quite a few. I just sort of go, why not the books? That's just the question that we have to keep asking ourselves: Why not the bucks? I mean, I'd I'd buy like a a Yanis jersey, a Yanis throwback book jersey. Who wouldn't want that? That'd be great. That is that is it for a very weird. I mean, that's a given with this podcast. But next time Jordan says he has the flu. We'll skip over the podcast until he's better, until he's off the medication. 
Again, the president was, I mean, la I would contend last week's is far more weirder than this week's. Last week's is just, uh, I have no idea what happened. It was super weird. That's if you didn't listen to last week, there is your your reason not to listen to last week's podcast. Exactly. It's not a, it's not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> we will have 90s books podcast coming soon that's what this was supposed to be um that could be next week as usual could be before then we haven't quite figured that out yet but don't worry if you are one of the three or four people who are enjoying our books history podcast series we haven't decided to let ourselves off the hook by skipping over the most depressing <laughs> podcast of the bunch we will be back to do 90s books at some stage over the next seven days. We will attack it with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. That's a Jim Harbaugh-ism. We will also wait long enough so that Jordan is 100% well before we do it. Maybe we should do a poll. Should we do... Uh... No, we won't do, we won't do a poll. Oh. We don't want... We don't want people to weigh in on drugged up Jordan or fit and healthy Jordan. For this week's podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, add us on Stitcher. All of our content on site, whether that's books, history, Yanis extension, reaction, and whatever else is going on. And we will be back either next week or sooner. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you.